The following Downstage Center program was originally broadcast in August 2006. Welcome to Downstage Center, a presentation of XM Satellite Radio and the American Theatre Wing. I'm John Von Susten, Program Director of XM28 on Broadway. And I'm Howard Sherman, Executive Director of the American Theatre Wing. Today we're joined by the Artistic Director of the Signature Theatre in Arlington, Virginia, Eric Schaefer. Eric, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. The um, theater's now in its 16th season, right? Yeah, actually, we're getting ready to start the 17th. Uh, yep. Just about to start yep, the 2006-2007 season. Tell us a little bit about Signature and its its founding and you know what, what your mission is. Well, when we actually started the theater, it was um, a, an idea that I had with Donna Migliaccio. And, and literally, we were sitting around at a bar one night because there were actually no professional theaters in Arlington. Virginia. Everyone was going into the district, and at that point, people didn't want to go into the district. So uh, we actually, that's where the kernel of the idea came from, of starting the theater and making a professional theater there. And our mission, I mean, I always say it's, we like to invent and reinvent, and that is invent new works for the American theater and then reinvent shows that are classic musicals that we usually are known for, of taking a musical and turning it inside out or discovering something new with it, like we've done with 110 in the Shade or when we did Cabaret or stuff like that. So that's really our, our really big mission. I mean, we, we you know, it's interesting because we do three musicals and two plays a year. So the the plays, one of them is always, always a new play, and uh, and then one's an, another play. But we always are, are doing at least two world premieres per year, which is, you know, I really think it's important to give writers the opportunity to have those voices heard and, and produce them. But for those of us observing from a distance, frankly, I was surprised to find that Signature did plays. Right. I was only aware of the musical work. And is there... Is there a challenge to that since the reputation has become so extraordinary for the musicals in terms of getting people to also understand the commitment to new plays? It is. It's challenging because it's almost like we have two different brands going on, and yet um, we're selling two different things. And uh, we're, we're working on that. I mean, I hopefully, you know, when we, we're moving into a new theater, and with that move, it's going to actually hopefully enhance, you know, the plays that we're going to do and, and, and push that level up. But we are known for musical theaters, which is something that we love and, and we're very passionate about. Well, since you mention it, let's let's go immediately to the new theater. <laughs> You've been producing for the past 16 years in, I believe it's a 136-seat converted <laughs> garage. <laughs> yes. So what what do you anticipate being able to do in the new space, which is zooming you to the number, the, the large, the larger space of being th- having three hundred seats? Right. What is what do you see that as the opportunity now in that new space? Well, the great thing is, is like in the space that we're in now, because it is a converted garage, is that we have to we have a lot of obstacles that we need to overcome. You know, when we're actually the technical op- obstacles of putting up a show, where you know a light hang for us right now can take up to a week, just because everything has to get ripped out of the ceiling. Um, whereas in the new space, it'll take two days. Um, so it's going to give us actually more time to focus on the art and make the art actually better. And the space is all state-of-the-art, which is fantastic. So it will allow us, you know, the luxury to have, you know, we have 42 dressing rooms for the actors. We have three rehearsal studios. Um, it's a huge complex. It's 48,000 square feet. It's four stories. And it's going to allow us to really focus on the work and, and make it the best it possibly can be. Now, when does the new space go into operation? It goes into operation in January is the the big opening, and uh, we move in there in November, and then we'll open in January. So we're really we're looking forward to it. And then you move totally out of the garage space you've yeah, been in. Yeah, we're totally we're we're saying bye bye to the garage. And and what's happening actually that's great is that Arlington County has actually bought the old theater, 
and they're going to keep it a theater so that they're going to put other companies in there that will rotate. It won't be a resident company there, but there'll be two or three theater companies producing in that space, so it will stay a theater, which is great. So I guess your last real production is going to be My Fair Lady, which opens at the end of this month. Yeah, it is. My Fair Lady is going to be the last production in there. And uh, so we're going out with a classic, which will... uh, but we're doing it in signature style. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not the same old, same old. And then you open the new space with uh, Into the Woods, which also in your uh, press material says indistinct signature style. <laughs> what 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 is signature style? I well, I think it's it's a part of um, you know. For me, I love theater that actually moves you emotionally, takes you to a place, and um, and also makes you maybe rediscover something that you haven't seen before you know so I'm hoping like with My Fair Lady people come to it and you know what we've really done for that production is you know paid homage to the garage in a sense because the set is very industrial it's entirely black with purple neon and it's like the last thing that you would think of for My Fair Lady but what it does is it it creates this industrial feel of what the whole social class is about, and that's really what we're going to focus the show on, and the whole the whole sense of classes, and it's really what people wear, what they strive to be, and all of a sudden, you get pushed to this class, and then you don't fit in any class, you know. So, um, and 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 so that's the kind of signature style that we try to do is really look at a piece and try to make it our own, put our own different kind of stamp on it. I mean, with Into the Woods, you know, Steve Sondheim is an honorary trustee at the theater. He's the honorary chairman actually for our capital campaign and and he, uh, you know, we knew we always wanted to open it with the Sondheim piece and I just thought it would be great actually to actually turn the entire theater because the spaces, there's actually two theaters in the new space and they're both black boxes and so what's great about the larger space is there's a balcony that has one row of seats around the entire thing uh, the entire setting up there so um, it's, it's very, very intimate and uh, it's going to be very, very different because our ceiling height went from 11 foot 9 to now 38 feet. Mm. So all of a sudden we have this height that, that, you know, with the woods hanging all over the audience, we're doing it very, very environmentally so that the the uh, the characters are running, going through all different parts of the audience into this, you know, playing area. And it's all – it's also um, – it's all these broken trees and it's a dilapidated castle and fallen branches. And so it's it's not the pretty into the woods. It's more – the grim fairy tales into the woods mm. kind of thing. So the, the long-time subscribers to your theater who've been coming for years, when yeah. they go to the new space in January, do you think they'll be shocked or pleasantly surprised or, or I what? I think they're going to be pleasantly surprised. Um, we've taken a number of people on hard hat tours, mm-hmm. and it's actually been great seeing their reactions because either they just like stand there and they don't say anything, and they, and they actually go, it's overwhelming. It's so great because it has the space, and there's a wonderful lobby, and there's a parking garage that's actually attached right to the theater that's free public parking. Um, there's all these amenities that they don't expect, but they're like, you know what? It still feels like signature. And we really, really worked hard on that. We, we have a design firm, VOA, who actually designed the Chicago Shakespeare Theater out at Navy Pier. And we met with them and did these design charrettes so they could really get the personality and what signature was all about and what the experience was. Because, you know, I've always said when I want, when people come to signature, I just don't want them to feel like they're coming to the show. I want them to feel like they're coming on a ride at Disney World, per se. It's a whole experience from when they get in the door to when they leave, that that whole show starts as soon as they come in the door. And, uh, and that's really been important. I think that we've really been able to capture that and transform it over into the new space. You mentioned before that 
Stephen Sondheim is an honorary member of your board, and certainly over the life of Signature Theater, you've done a number of Sondheim works, and you were also the artistic director for the Kennedy Center's Sondheim Celebration. How did you connect to Sondheim, and indeed, both artistically and then personally, because yeah. you've gotten to know him through your work? Right. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I, the first... Um, time I actually was introduced to his work actually was when I was I was in high school and Sweeney Todd was playing up here the original production with Angela and and uh, I came up I remember we came up on a bus trip and I saw the show and I thought what in the world was that I didn't get it I was you know I was young and I was I was like oh my god there's something I, I didn't understand it all and I missed it so I remember I went out and I bought the cast album and I sat there with the cast album and the libretto of the book and just like listened to it went read it all I was like oh my god this is amazing and that's actually like when I got hooked on you know Steve's work and then um, when I was working actually I, I you know I, I grew up in Pennsylvania and then moved to Washington D.C. and and I was working in advertising actually that's what my degree is you were in. a graphic designer I was <laughs> yeah James Lapine was as well. We always laugh about that because we, we both have degrees in graphic design. Well, there's also all those rock bands of people yeah. who started at art school, <laughs> exactly. like John Lennon and David Burns, so it's not so yeah, shocking. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, so it's like we did it as a hobby, and it became our careers. And uh, we, um, when I was working down there, I actually was doing community theater, and I actually was directing a production of Sunday in the Park. And uh, and I wrote to Sondheim, and I, you know, I thought, oh, he'll never write back. And you know, within a week, I had a letter back, and I asked him some stuff about the show, and and that's when we actually we started writing back and forth. And then from that, you know, we met and became friends. And so then you really said, I'm friends. starting my own theater, and no, you know what actually shows? happened? What's, what's actually interesting is when we started the theater, we never. Um, I loved musical theater, and I love music, and it's always been a, a huge part of my life. But we never set out and said, oh, we're going to do musicals. We actually started out as doing plays. And so the first season we did three plays. And, uh, you know, I didn't direct any of them or, you know, I really just wanted to, you know, put my effort into running the theater and get it up and going. And then um, after we the first year was successful, I said, okay, well, now I'm going to reward myself for getting through that year. And I said, I want to do Sweeney Todd. And what happened was Sweeney Todd was a huge success. Then we did Assassins the next year. And then Assassins was another huge success. People said, well, what, what Sondheim is next year? And we didn't even, like, set out to go, every year we're going to do a Sondheim, which is what we do now. And it became our stable of, of you know, doing a Sondheim production each year. And so it just kind of happened in that way. And so then Company was next and then Into the Woods and then Passion. And, you know, that just we just took off from there and kept doing them. So it's pun definitely intended to become your signature, so to speak. It has. It has become our signature. And it's great because actually... When we started doing Sondheim, no one in Washington was doing him. It just wasn't being done. And and it was interesting of how all of a sudden we – I think we introduced a lot of people to Sondheim. And I think also there were a lot of followers who never could actually see productions of his work. So it was a great – it was a great marriage for everybody. Now, why was Sondheim not being done in Washington? Certainly a, a cosmopolitan city with a lot yeah, of... Yeah, but none of... I mean, it was done in community theaters, but none of the professional theaters were doing... A lot of... I mean, really, at that point, the only professional theater that was doing musicals was Arena Stage, and they would do one, like, every three years, and that was mm-hmm. it. Because a lot of... You know, it's hard to produce a musical. A lot of people don't know how to produce musicals. And so, I mean, theaters that try to produce musicals... I mean, I remember there was another theater in Washington. They did a musical, and you know, their artistic director called me up. He said, I'm never doing a musical again. How do you do it? It's too hard. It's too hard. Mm. You know, I said, yeah, it's hard, but the reward is fantastic. So it's not so much that Sondheim wasn't being produced. It's that the musicals themselves yeah, were not Yeah, musical being themselves, yeah. 
Exactly. Is that because there weren't enough people with know-how? The stages weren't suitable for it? Or, I think or it was what? the know-how. I think uh-huh. people didn't know how to do it, you mm-hmm. know, or else they saw it being done, but, but they thought they could do it, and they did one and went, there's no way. A, it's too hard. It takes too much effort, you know, between the band and the cast and, mm-hmm. you know, putting all the pieces together. They didn't, they didn't really know how to do it. But Sondheim, certainly, at least the name was known. And you've moved beyond that into doing some new works by authors who are probably even less known, at least in Washington, D.C., such as Michael John Lacusa. Right, exactly. How did you begin to to work on new work there? Because at least with the Sondheims, you had a fixed script. You had a fixed score. Well, and it was, you know, it actually... When we came to putting a season together, it was great because you had that anchor of Sondheim. So then you could go, okay, we're going to do something a little more risky, like a Michael John Lacusa piece. And uh, and it's been great because our audiences really love the new musicals. They love, you know, the things that we're going to do and and the risks that we take with that, which is really we're lucky that they're that supportive of us because you know it could be the other sense and we'd be stuck doing you know standard after standard. But they're really they look forward to the new musicals and. You know, what's great about that is, you know, we just got this grant from the Shen Family Foundation where we're actually, we have the American Musical Voices Project where we're actually commissioned three musicals for the next three years that are going to be workshopped and produced fully um, on our stage, which is really, really exciting. Do you have any concerns that by moving into a larger venue you place more commercial concerns. I mean, granted, 136 to 300 isn't doesn't seem like a huge leap, but you can be a real boutique at 136, right, and at least you become, yeah. you know, now you're an off-broad... You, you were off off-Broadway, now you're off-Broadway. And, yeah. and w- what do you think you have to balance now? It's, it's hard because, you know, the thing is, is that actually the budget has grown $2 million, you know, basically overnight by moving into the new space. But, you know... The thing that I've always said is we're not – I do not want to fall victim to that. I want to keep pushing the envelope. I want to keep taking those chances. And the great thing is I think it just comes from saying we're going to do it and getting the people there excited about doing it and then getting the support behind that. And, you know, our board is very supportive of it and the audiences are as well. And I think, you know, next season is a great balance of the new and the old of new work, which is great that we'll actually push those boundaries and keep doing that. Because I think it's really, really important because I think, you know, some of the bigger regional theaters are pulling back from all of that. And they're the ones who should really be pushing the forefront. And and so, you know, I never want to do that. I mean, that's then I feel like I'm failing. And do you think that it will change where you draw your talent from because certainly my sense is that you've you've used artists living in the Washington community. You bring some people in from New York, but when we see not the beginning of the current season, but a year from now, we're going to be looking at Cheetah Rivera, the 300-seat Signature Theater. Um, is that is that going to change as well? Are you going to look to bring in more big-name artists to appear on your stage? I think it will change. I think because people are excited of the kind of work that we are doing and the things that we want to do. And, you know, The Visit, I think also The Witches of Eastwick, you know, that's all, the main parts are all getting cast out of here of New York. And, you know, we can't announce names yet, but there's some fantastic folks that are lined up for that. And Saving Amy, the same thing, which is a new piece, you know, a world premiere musical. There's you know, a great artist attached with that. So it's really, it's um, it's about the work. And I want to do whatever is best for the work, you know, to actually help the writers and, and produce the best theater. So, 
Let's just run down your new season, which is starting sure. at the end of September, the 2006-07 season. My Fair Lady, September 26th to the middle of November, just before Thanksgiving. Then Into the Woods opens up the new theater in January. That's followed by, you just mentioned, uh, Saving Amy, which is billed as a new uh, premier musical. And then um, Crave, which is a play, I guess? It is, is a play, yeah. yes, with Sarah Kane. And then... Um, Nest will be in April of next year. And then you just mentioned Witches of Eastwick, which is June of 2007. Right. Rather eclectic schedule, as Howard pointed right. out before, a mix of plays and musicals. How do you go about putting together a schedule? Obviously, you have a, a classic My Fair Lady to kick things off. Then how do you select the rest of the work? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because My Fair Lady is is not usually something that we normally would do. And, right. and it's interesting because um, we've been trying to actually get that for the last three years to produce it because there was a director who really wanted to do it. And then when I finally got the rights, the director was like, oh, I can't I can't <laughs> do it now. So, so I was like, after all that, let's do it anyway. Um, but it is a balance. It's, it's, tr- it's finding things that, that are exciting that also aren't the norm, but yet are going to sell tickets. So it's, it's hard to find good pieces that are going to fit all those specifications, you know, but I, I'm so excited about the season, actually, because I think it's a little bit of everything, and um, I think people will be really, really, you know, excited about what we're going to do, and, and with the plays, they're all very contemporary, which is something we've never done before, and they're both by British female writers, and um, so we're, we're, we're bookending them together as a little mini-festival, really, so they get two writers, and you know, these female sensibilities of what and their point of view, so I think it's going to be very it's going to be good. Now, how about The Witches of Eastwick? That's not been without its problems before. It was produced well, in Well, I did in, in it in London, Britain. actually. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, like five years ago, which yeah. was um, which is great. And it ran over there for, you know, a year and a half, to almost two years. And um, we, it hasn't been done in America. And actually, you know, John and Dana and I have been kicking it around. And we, we you know, went to Cameron McIntosh and said, you know, this is what we think we should do. We think we should – the best thing to do is actually just start it at, like, Signature. And then let's just see what happens and just, you know – look at it and so it's been great actually going back and working with that show because um this production is going to be a lot darker than the london one um and i think uh the show is so american that i think the audiences here are really going to relate to it in that in, in a way so uh we're, we're all really really actually excited about it now we've spoken with other artistic directors of other regional theaters and some of them have said that when they develop a work like Let's use Witches of Eastwick as an example. They do it with an eye toward Broadway to eventually moving the show to Broadway. Any of that consideration in, in your thought process? No, I think that's I think that's just dangerous. I uh-huh. mean, I mean, I think if it happens, it happens, and that's great. But I think if you go into a project like saying we're going to move this, we're going to, it never happens. You know, I mean, you, you end up shooting yourself in the foot. So I think the best thing is actually to just do the show the best you can at signature, and if there's a life beyond that, that's icing on the cake. That's, you know, and I don't want to keep harping on scale in this interview, but having seen <laughs> Witches of Eastwick yes. in London, you know, it was in a two thousand seat house. It was the Drury Lane, it was the Drury if Lane, I remember yeah. correctly. It was, you know, an enormous production Huge. with the women flying out over the heads of the audience as the as the end of the first act number, so to speak. Um, in terms of John's question about you know looking towards Broadway, is that a show that was forced into? a large scale faster than it was ready and is this now a chance to step back? Yeah, I think maybe I think absolutely in a sense that um, you know, it was interesting because it started at the Drury Lane and then it actually moved to the Prince of Wales Theatre and it was, I felt the show was so much better in the Prince of Wales because it was only a thousand seat house, it was a lot more intimate 
It wasn't about the sets. It was about the characters. And I think that's what, you know, Signature's going to allow witches to come back as, that you really see the story between Daryl and the three witches and focus on that. Um, and it's not all these huge overblown sets because we don't have the space actually to do that. But is there rewriting and is there significant rewriting in the show at this yeah, point? Yeah, we are doing rewrites and um, it's not um, hugely significant. I think it's the rewrites are doing more with tone and also it's um, the show's tighter. I mean we've learned a lot because it was done there, Australia, Russia and so seeing all those productions you go, you know if we do this, we do this and uh, we've lost, you know one song, we moved another song from the second act to the first act and uh, it's going to, yeah, it's going to be a very different production. I mean, I think, the, you know, the, the best way to just, you know, when people say, how's it going to be different? I, I say, well, you know, in London, when, you know, Felicia Gabriel gets, you know, killed, you know, by her husband, he took a frying pan and slapped her on the head. Well, in our production, he uses a fire poker and slashes her head in. Mm. And then in the London production, he got his tie caught in the garbage disposal. Well, in our production, he ends up going and hangs himself. So it's a lot – it has a lot more layers, a lot more dark darkness to it, and I think it it just will appeal to the audience in a different way. And as we talk about witches, um, we talked earlier about the relationship that you've developed with Stephen Sondheim. Um, you've also developed this relationship with the producer Cameron McIntosh. Right. And with witches, he was involved in The Fix, the earlier Dempsey exactly. and, and Rowe show, uh, putting it together – how did you connect to this London impresario, this this, this graphic designer theater. in a garage <laughs> in Arlington, Virginia? Well, actually, it was um, – I was – my agent actually called me, Flora Roberts, and she said, Cameron McIntosh is going to call you. And he had heard about Signature, and it was when The Fix was running in London, and he called me and he said, I really believe in these writers. I believe in the show, you know – can you come to London? I want you to see this show and tell me what you think. And um, that was my introduction, introduction to Cameron. And I, I flew to London. I saw the fix. I mean, I loved it. I thought it was so good. It was so smart. Can you tell the audience about that show? Because it's not a show that's that's widely known. Right. And it should be. Um, it's it's um, I will say it's the Manchurian Candidate meets Caligula in a sense where it's it's uh, this with songs, <laughs> yeah, yeah, with songs, exactly. There, there's this man who's running to be the president. He wants to be the president, and his wife is saying, "Yes, let's. I want to live in the White House." And he ends up, you know, dying, having a heart attack while he's sleeping with his mistress. And so his wife says, "You know, if I can't be the wife of the president, then I'm going to be his mother." And so she makes her career to just get her son to run for the presidency. Of course, he gets caught up in drugs and scandals after scandals and they're always having to spin. There's a great number that she sings called Spin, all about how she spins. And uh, and it ends up how this politics breaks up this whole family. And it's very um, it's very perfect for today. And, and it's a black comedy on that sense. Okay, so you've, you, you're have you brought to London to see that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To say, what do you think? And so, I, and, and you know, there's so much great. And I said to Cameron, I think we should, you know, let's do it at Signature. You was wanna... he looking for a Washington venue specifically? No, he wasn't at all. He wasn't at all. And I think, you know, after I saw it, I said, this is what I love about it. This is what I think we can make better. And he was like, I think you're absolutely dead on. And I said, you want to do it at Signature? He said, I think that would be a great idea. Let's do it. And so then we we did it, you know, the following season, and, and we made plans and totally, you know, reworked the show, and it was like night and day. And when it was done here, it just it was interesting because it 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 did fantastic. I mean, it sold out. The reviews were amazing, 
And I think Cameron was thinking he should maybe move it. And then the whole Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky scandal happened. And it just, you know, that was in the show that they wrote. And you thought, you know, this was happening in real life as well as the show. And so it all of a sudden it presented this conflict and <laughs> nothing happened. <laughs> you I didn't want to exploit it. <laughs> yeah. well, I, so so rare would, for a theater producer. I know. I would have, I would have said exploit, exploit. But... <laughs> I'd like to go back to something you just uh, said in passing a moment ago. We were talking about, I think it was Witches of Eastwick, moving to the smaller, more intimate Prince of Wales, only 1,000 seats. Right. That coming from a guy who's accustomed to working in a 136-seat <laughs> theater. <laughs> and your name is attached to one or two shows each season as the director. This coming season, My Fair Lady, Into the Woods, directed by Eric Schaefer. So how is it different for you as a director working in a 136-seat theater versus a, a large theater yeah. where you're staging in a much different yeah. arena? Well, you know, I mean, what's interesting... I actually, I approach it all the same, and it's all about how to tell the story, what's the best way to tell the story, and that there's an emotional connection within those characters in that story. With the bigger theaters, it's just a sense of you have more, you know, more tools in the tool chest. You have, you know, you can make the sets bigger. You can say, I want to do this. I want, you know, let's have this chair fly in the air. What about this? Um, whereas in the garage, what's kind of great is that it makes you actually work creatively in a different way, that you have to solve those problems in, and I would say probably half of the time it works it's much better without having all of those things at your fingertips because it's that's an easy solution whereas if you have to use the brain power to make it work a lot of times it ends up being a lot better so I, I love like working in a small venue and then also working in a big venue because it's a totally different set of challenges you know that you're faced with but does it also affect you in terms of the artistic in terms of the the casting the number of people oh, or, or the size of the orchestra that yeah sort of thing? it does i mean and, and the thing is i try not to let it happen at signature because one of the things is that we you know i've been really really faithful about using full orchestras and using live musicians and you know our orchestras will range anywhere from 10 to 18 i've already had an 18 piece orchestra in at Signature, which is kind of unheard of. Which is probably half the garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when we did our production of Follies, we had 36 on the on, in the cast, 14 in the orchestra. It was like there's more people on the stage than, you know, uh, two-thirds were in the audience. Mm. Um, but I think that's that's so, so important. I mean, obviously, when you're doing a bigger production, you have more resources and you can, you know, not everyone wants to, you know, jump out of New York and go work in a garage. Um, what's kind of great is the people that do come down, they're like, you guys are creating art, and this is something that, you know, it fills my soul. It's not the commercial thing that, you know, we have to do to pay the rent. And so um, it was great. We had Mark Kudish down, and he said, you know, I did Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, but that allowed me to do The Highest Yellow, you know, which was this new piece that he played Van Gogh that Michael John LaCusa wrote. So it's great when you have artists like that that can do both and that want to do both, and they understand. And I understand the economics of that as well, so... Well, we've mentioned uh, Michael John LeCuse's name a couple of times. We've uh, mentioned a few minutes ago you brought up the American Musical Voices Project. So let's talk about that a little bit. That's the, right. that's the grant you received from the, the Shen Foundation, which yeah. enabled you to do two different things, the Musical Theater Composer Grants and the Musical Theater Leadership Awards. What's, what are those two different elements? Well, the foundation was amazing and, and supportive of Signature, and what we try to do is, you know, in this exciting thing of creating new musicals that are not as mainstream you know, as as other musicals are. And so the first part was actually finding three different composers that we wanted to give them grants and actually give them a schedule and say, this is when you're going to have a reading of your show. This is when you're going to have a production of your show. And, you know, um, people would probably think I'm crazy because no other producer would probably say, 
here's your here's the money. Go write your show. Here's the date it's going to go on our stage. And I haven't heard a word. Don't even know what it's going to sound like. Don't even know what it's going to be. And some of them don't even know what the actual subject's going to be. And I say, I'm going to produce it in my season. Get ready. But I think that's important that, that actually gives those artists a goal to reach for and say, you know what? I know I have a production. It doesn't get stuck in these workshops forever and ever and ever, never seeing the light of day. And so it's really, really exciting that, you know, with this grant, we were allowed to do that. And then it also gives production support. And the only, the only stipulations I gave them, I said, it can't be more than 18 characters and it'll have an orchestra of 10. Other than that, go. And basically, this is, this is on your website, so it's public information, that the Shen Foundation created these three chairs, shall we say, these three composers, gave each one $25,000 over four years. In other words, they get 100000 They get $100,000. 25000 a year for four years. For four plus, years. Ted Shen told me, medical health benefits too, health yeah. insurance too. They love which that. Is, yeah, which yeah, is that's like the best. a nice little, like, health insurance, wow. Well, it was great, because Ricky Ian <laughs> Gordon, when I told him he was going to get the award plus health insurance, he started crying. He's like, you have no idea. And that's the thing is we don't realize, like, you know, artists that are out there just writing, you know, they're just trying to survive, let alone get insurance. So, so yeah, they have that. And it's great because they know now for the next four years that every year they're going to be getting, you know, $25,000 from the theater to help support them and, and write them. And each one of these three guys is going to do a workshop, then a year later, the full production. Right, right. So, like, um, this coming season, Michael John Lacusa, we're going to do the workshop of his musical, and then the following season will actually be in the main stage. Then Ricky Ian Gordon is then next. R- Ricky Ian Gordon is next, and then Joe. No, actually, Joe Falcon's next, and uh-huh. then Ricky Ian Gordon. So, um, and yeah, they all have their rough dates of what they're what they're aiming for. And then will Michael John come back three or four years from now with another production? Is I hope that, so. is, is that the yeah. intention? Well, we'd love to, yeah, because I mean, I love working with Michael John. I think he's so talented and, and just uh, just such a gifted writer. So we've been trying to always find things for him to do. So yeah. But that's Absolutely. not part of the, the original deal. No, it's deal. not it's part like of the other. Just, just it's one not, from yeah, each. It's, yeah, it's not part of the original. But As we talk, we're talking so much centered on Signature itself. And what's remarkable is that your emergence as a director has completely come through Signature, really. That's how people knew you. How do you balance what must be opportunities to direct away from Signature with, with your commitment to this place you've now been, been running for 17 years? Well, it gets hard, it gets hard sometimes. I can't lie. Um, but what's great is that actually the, the staff and the board are really supportive about me going out and doing other projects. In fact, they like, go do it, do it. And, and what's great about it is they realize the return. They realize, you know, it allows me to make relationships with other artists, and those artists want to come back and work at Signature, which is great. And we've seen that over the years. And um, it's important. I think, I mean, I... It's for me. It's great because it uses all different parts of my brain. You know, like I said, it's it's that sense of doing a show that's in a you know fifteen hundred seat house or something like that. I mean, like just having done Mame at the Kennedy Center it was such a fantastic you know different experience. You know, to have you know that was a five million dollar production, and then you know I'm going to do My Fair Lady. That's you know a four hundred thousand production. But it's it's great to have those opportunities and go back and forth. It gets. I mean, scheduling wise, you. You just have to keep a lot of hats in the air, and people, you know, say to me, "I don't drink coffee," and I'm like, "My God, if you had coffee, we'd be like in real trouble." Because I have a lot of energy, which is great, and I can, luckily, you know, get it all done. Well, you mentioned Mame, so let's talk about Mame for a minute because that was a production that a lot of people were were excited about and got a lot of press, and there was the 
the inevitable, oh, is it going to come to New York? And it was in the press one week that it was coming and one right. week that it wasn't. And, and, and what was that experience like for you to, to have that so publicly played out as to whether or not there would be more life? Well, it was a roller coaster. I mean, it was it was hard for the cast because they were hearing all that, and and of course they all want to come to New York. And and the thing is, it's not dead yet. I mean, I'm I'm it's still alive, which is very exciting. And you know, I think it will get here eventually. Um, but it's it's one of those things that you know they're trying to do the show and they're all trying to plan their lives, but they all they would drop it in a heart because it was one of those things where the the company was so fantastic and and loved doing the show loved working together and they all would have dropped anything to just continue on and keep doing it. So um that's where it's hard when it's played out in public like that. And 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 the problem is we had no control over it. You know, everyone else, all of us had no control over over that situation. So well, we were talking a moment ago about the American Musical Voices Project. We really only talked about the first component of oh, yeah, it, and then the, the composers. Part. The other one is the leadership awards. And then talking about, uh, like a little while ago, um, Cheetah Rivera coming to headline next year, your opening show. The four recipients of the awards for the leadership are Bruce Coughlin, the composer, uh, Adam Gettle. I'm, I'm sorry, the, the, the orchestrator, Bruce Coughlin, the composer, Adam Gettle. Audrey McDonald, of course, the singer, and the director and uh, orchestrated Ted Sperling. Will any of these four people be involved in any of your productions in the future? Um, yes, they will. <laughs> but, 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 but you can't announce that publicly. Yeah, and that's, and <laughs> well, that's your say, story and you're sticking yeah, to it. Yeah, that's my story. But I, well, Bruce is actually – Bruce is coming down to orchestrate The Witches of Eastwick. Uh-huh, so okay. um, there's the first one. <laughs> okay. The first one we can announce publicly. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> first first so, announcement here. But yeah, but but those awards were created because they actually have been very supportive of the three writers that we gave grants uh-huh. to. And they were really supportive of, of their work and also in what they've done here in musical theater. And, you know, like Bruce was saying, how many orchestrators get an award? It never happens, you know. I mean, they were really touched by that. So mm-hmm. it was... Um, and, and each one got twenty five thousand. They did. Each one got twenty five thousand dollars. And grant. and health insurance too. No, no. just the twenty five thousand dollars. But it was great. It was nice to do that. Now, will this award be given on a on a regular basis, or is this a one time only? It was a one time only thing. But but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. See, see how things go. Yeah. 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 But you can't announce if Audra or Adam are going to no, be involved in anything. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> have to talk Gotta you off keep the them guessing. <laughs> uh, well, no, no guessing here. Um, what, what have you not done that you would like to do in the future, whether it be at Signature or just for you personally? Um, Any burning desires? Well, <laughs> no. I actually, I, w- I would love to do a film. Uh, you know, I will. I've loved to do a film at some point. You know, um, it's something that I really um, feel passionate about, and I feel like I could, you know, do. a what, if, what, I feel like it's in my blood to do that. You what know? sort of a film? Dramatic, musical? What? No, well, I I think either either a dramatic film or a musical. You know, it's one of those things. I mean, it's it's. I mean, films are all about transitions. A lot of you know, it's getting from one place to the next, and and also that's what I look at musical theater when I do musical theater. You know, it's it's interesting because directors a lot of times think it's this you know it's this scene or this, but it's actually how you get from A to B to C, and so that you actually keep propelling the audience so they want to go on that journey, and you're not like you know, hamster in a wheel going in circles. So, um, so I'd, I'd like to do that. Yeah. And we're going to, what's, you know, what also has been great about the new theater is that, you know, getting into it next year, then I, you know, I was talking to the staff last week and I was like, okay, now we have to start thinking about the next season, what we're going to do that actually keeps the theater propelling and going in a whole bigger place. 
And um, and we have really great plans that are going to come out, you know, in about two months about that, which is really exciting. And, you know, so it's things like that that I love because it, it's new challenges, definitely new challenges. As I flip through your 2006-2007 brochure, I see My Fair Lady, directed by Eric Schaefer, Into the Woods, directed by Eric Schaefer, Saving Amy, directed by Eric Schaefer. I need to go on vacation. Uh, and uh, Witches of Eastwick, directed by Eric Schaefer. So it struck me when I saw the announcement on The Visit right. that it's not directed by Eric Schaefer. I know. And that was a surprise to me, that mm. you are bringing in another major director, Frank Galati, is, right. is going to be coming in. Does that signal a change for for what's going to be happening at Signature in the future? No, I mean, no, it doesn't. I mean, it's it's funny. When Fred Ebb was alive, I mean, uh, you know, he was a good friend of mine, and, and we talked about doing the visit. You know, I said, you know, what's happening? We should we should produce it at Signature. And uh, and then I talked with John, and, and I said, you know, I really, I really want to do this. I really think it would be great. I don't understand why it hasn't been done. And and he said, oh, that would be great. We'd love for you to do it. And I said, well, I said, do you want – and I said to him, I said, you know, do you want Frank and Anne to come back and do it, Frank Galati and Anne Ranking, who, who you know, staged the original production, that, The Goodman? And he said, oh, my God, I would love that. And I think he just assumed that I wanted to do it. And uh, and I loved the piece, and I saw it out there. And uh, but, I, but I also didn't want him not to have the opportunity to say – and he's like, I thought you'd want to do it. And I said, well, I said, I would like to do it. But I think if Frank and Anne want to do it, let's have them do it because, you know, they have a history with the piece. And, I, you know, as a producer and as also as a theater director, I mean, I've been in those situations. And, you know, if you can let those originals, you know, creators continue on, it's, it's so much better. So um, he's like, oh, my God, that would be great. Let's do it. Let's do it. So that's – but it won't – it's um, – no, it just uh, – the, the only reason I'm doing so many shows this year is, like, I, w- I wanted to do Into the Woods to open the, the theater, obviously. Um, Saving Amy is a piece that I've been developing for the last five years, and um, which is a V-Swick to do the American premiere because I did it in London. They wanted me to do it. So it was like you had to do this, this, and this. And um, – and then when we ended up, we were supposed to originally be in the building by now, but we're a little behind in construction delays. When My Fair Lady and the original director couldn't do it because of a schedule, you know, actually our managing director said, Eric, it would be great if you could do it because it's the last show in the in the, in the the garage. And uh, It's kind of a sentimental thing for you to it do is, that, isn't it? It is. So I'm actually really excited about it. About I mean, it was funny because after doing MAME, you know, uh, which was such a classic musical, I haven't done that many, like, old classics. So it's, it's, it's actually going to be really fun to do. How about closing night on My Fair Lady, November 19th, and or opening night on Into the Woods, January 12th? Any big spectacular plans for either of those, the final performance or the first performance? What? Of of, uh, of, of My Fair Lady? Well, any, any, like, big closing well, no, night well, actually, party? What we're gonna do, yeah, actually what we're going to do in the garage is we're going to actually, in December, we're going to do this thing called The Last Garage Hurrah. Uh, and we brought back six performers, and uh, they're going to sing highlights from all the musicals we've done in the garage, and we're going to have a big old party. Um, on Saturday night, and uh, I think it's Saturday the, the 19th of December, I think it is, and it's just going to be a big blowout with dancing and champagne. And, and then when we get in the new space, there's a huge gala opening on January 20th that will, will be a big old party. Great. Well, best of luck in the new space. Well, thank you. And to Eric Schaefer, who is the Artistic Director of Signature Theater in Arlington, thanks very much for being with us thank today, Thank you Eric. for having me. Thanks, Eric. For the American Theatre Wing, I'm Howard Sherman, reminding our listeners that these programs and all of the educational and media work of the American Theatre Wing is available online 
on demand for free from our website, www.americantheaterwing.org. And for XM Satellite Radio, I'm John von Susten. For Downstage Center, that is a wrap, and thank you.